Way. Oh, right. How's it? I've got my bar all set up with Wi-Fi and electrics, and I've got the TV with Xbox on it. I've got like all that. So I thought I'll come out here just to see what it's like and to see if we can record. But the Wi-Fi is alright because I got a, a Wi-Fi booster connected up to the to it as well, so that we can I can put the fire stick in that on. So uh, have you just? Have you just busted now that you've been kicked out of the house and you're sleeping in your bar now? That's me, I'm, sleep, I'm sleeping in here, aye, that's it. <laughs> I may need to stop because you've been that long, I've nearly drunk my full can of tango as well. So. For God's sake, right, okay. Orange Dave, got to drink the orange on the, the <laughs> I Ready podcast. You're joking, you've not got a can of Pepsi Max, that's no. absolutely, I mean, just just listen to this. There you go. You've got to crack up my Pepsi Max, mate. It's, it's tradition. Oh, you're kept up the tradition. Annie, I'll Annie, drink with Annie, my sectarian Annie, drink. Can it tango? What you are about, man? Hi, folks, and welcome to the next episode of the I Ready Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Dave. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> really? We're switching up at the night. We are. Yes. yes. Give, give, give the team time. Give yes. it time. They'll come good. They'll come good. Trust <laughs> me. Fuck off. <laughs> Dessers will come good and so will Lammers. Start that one again. 46 minute, a big save from the, the big save from the keeper after close range. range fucking hell. <laughs> Fuck, f- Sorry, I got my red button and my green button fixed up there. Cloud nine, you know, with that result at half night, half time. So, uh, <laughs> cloud nine at that, with that result at half nine. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> It's going to be one of these nights, so it is. Oh, dear. Uh. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Ira Day podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very well, Derek. How, how are you, mate? Beal out. <laughs> You've changed your tune, that's <laughs> all I can say. You've changed your tune. Yes, it's not going to be a very pleasant podcast tonight. We'll oh. try and keep it light. I know what Dave said after the, the Celtic game and his post-match, but uh, yeah, we'll try and keep it light. But there's going to be a lot of serious chat in here and yes, Beal out for me. Well, Derek, like I said, we will get into it. I've had my doubts for quite a few weeks now and stuff, and I was, like you, kind of willing to see how it panned out, but it's not looking good, is it? No. So we may as well go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. So before we've got to cover anything, we've just got to round out the transfers because that's the window firmly closed now, Dave, isn't it? And with no new signings coming in. No, that's it done, Derek. I think we were maybe been half expecting maybe one or even our own player. Uh, Mr Beale said that his uh, squad was strong enough and 
nobody's came in. No, certainly not. But we've certainly have got a few outgoings. Glenn Kamara has signed for Leeds an undisclosed fee. However, it's around £5.5 million, as suggested. Dave is one of the ones where I'm thinking, what a deal we got for him. Fifty grand, and we sold him for £5.5 million. He was a fantastic player, but he downed tools in the last year to 18 months. So I'm kind of of the, the opinion, good luck, but fuck you. No, definitely good luck, Derek, and you know a good piece of business from us. I don't think he's been the same player, Derek, ever since the incident with Slavia Prague. To be perfectly honest with you, but you know, as you say, good good luck to him. He done well and the the most for us, and you know, a good good piece of business for us. No, I just think when a player downs tools like he done, then I, I don't have any time for players like that. And as Bill suggested, and he kind of he did say these words, is that I didn't have time to try and persuade somebody to stay with us. So if that's the case, you know, on you go. Anyway, Hadji has joined Alves on a season-long loan. It's sensible in some respects to get him more game time. We have signed players in his position. He's coming back for that injury, but he does need game time, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Another one here, Namdi Offabor was a mutual termination of his contract, so just an unfortunate set of circumstances that happened there. I hope he can get his heart issues behind him and he can get on to play, and maybe not at the level that he could yeah. have been, but certainly hope he does get back to full health. Yes, definitely. Yep. Next one here is just some a couple of outgoings that have, have attempted outgoings. Ben Davis, Stoke apparently tabled a deadline day loan bid for him. It was only paying 40% of his wages. We rejected it. Quite right. I think it's gone of the times that we can just accept bids, low ball offers like that. The, the genie's out the bottle. We know how much clubs in England make, even championships, even League One's clubs. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous that they're putting a low ball offer in like that. It's, it's, it's one of these ones that if I thought he was going to be playing quite a few games for us, I would say no, you know, on, on you go. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, could we recruit any kind of money for him at all? But his wages, as you say, that is a bit low and a bit of a cheeky offer because for, for any cheap championship club, I'm sure they could afford that amount, amount of money for him. So, But he, he remains with the team and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Another one with great promise, but... It's never really panned out for him, has it? No, no, not at all. Next one here is Hellander. Even though he's left us officially, he's finally found a club after 16 months of not playing. It's a one-year deal with Odense Ball Club of Denmark. Yep. So good luck mm-hmm. to him there. Steve Davis has unfortunately suffered a, another injury setback and he's had to have another operation on his knee. So I don't know where that leaves him in terms of us yeah. still you know, keeping him on the books to, to fund his rehab, but I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll see right, right by him. But uh, I can't see him coming back from this, can you? No, we said that in the last pod, I think, Derek, or, or the one before that. It's, uh, I think it'll be difficult for, for him to come back, but I do have a feeling that he'll be still at Ibrox in some capacity to you. Hopefully, anyway. Next one, and the last one we've got here, Morelos has finally found a club. Not the one I don't think he was expecting, Santos in Brazil. You know, absolutely a historic club, but they're sitting 17th in the Brazilian Premiership, or whatever it's called now, and they've not won a league in 20 years. Just what a waste, Dave, what a waste. I read the, the message that... You know, either him or his team put out to Rangers, and I just get the feeling that I know you were talking about players d- down in tools. I just get the feeling that he was waiting on another offer from us, 
And like you said at the start, you you know, you were wanting Ridion because he was huffing and he wasn't playing right and he was out of shape and stuff like that. But my God, I wish he'd have been playing for us even half on uh, against Celtic on Sunday because I'm damn sure that I think he would have done better than, than what we had. But you know my feelings towards the man. I'm looking at him just now. I've got a, a, a framed picture of him up in my bar here that I'm looking. So uh, he'll always be one of my favourite players, Derek. And I personally wish him all, all the best. As you say, it's a massive club he's signed for, historic there. But they've uh, been down on, on their luck for a long time. So I hope he's successful anyway, Derek. Well, given my thoughts of Kamara, you know what I think about Manelis there. So, yes, I think... <laughs> I think it's something that, yeah, in time we'll look back more fondly than, or I certainly will maybe look back more fondly than I am just now. But no, I, I think it's inexcusable for any players to down tools at us. And I think it's just a symptom of what's happened over the, the last wee while with us. But anyway, I mean, I did put a tweet out, you know, at the start of the window after we had signed seven players. I said, you know, we've signed seven players, we'll probably sign more. And I bet you there'll be still fans unhappy with our business in the transfer window. And I was going to retweet that, but no, I'm actually unhappy with the business we've done this transfer window, or so it's transpired <laughs> anyway. Because, yes, we've signed a lot of attacking players, but they're not getting played in the right system, which we'll get into later on. And we still haven't sorted out the defence, which again we'll get into uh, as well. But I suppose, Dave, we've got to go to the first game We've got to cover first of four games tonight, which is Tuesday the 26th of August. It was a two-each draw at home against PSV in the Champions League qualifier playoff round, leg one. Now, great result, I would have said. I was very happy with that, and it was a carbon copy of the the result we, we got last year against them in the same, same round. However, the performance, a lot was to be desired, wasn't it? Well... <laughs> We said that at the time, Derek, but looking, it's actually possibly been one of the better performances that we've <laughs> had this season. Let's be perfectly honest. You know, I was surprised that we got the 2-2 two, the two, two draw and there was certain parts of the game that I thought we actually played all right. But at the end of the day, we, PSV had the vast majority of the ball and we, we couldn't really get, get it off them. And it was still a, a good result for us to give us some sort of hope going into the next leg, but that was short loved. Yes, seven changes from the Morton game that we had just played, beat them in the cup. We lined up Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, Barisic, Sifuentes, Jack, Raskin, Cantwell, Dessers and Seema. On the subs bench were McCrory, Lundstrom, Lammers, Matondo, Dowell, Sterling, Wright, Davis, Balligan, King, Devine and Danilo. So the big surprise, I would have said, Danilo not starting. Yes, I I was wondering what sort of formation he was going to play, Derek. And when I saw that he was playing Summer, I thought, right, obviously he's he's going to have him switch, switching wings to, to give us some width. So that's so I thought he would maybe just be playing the one striker like like he did. It's, it's just it's been quite strange that we've not actually seen more of of, of Danilo certainly starting, considering we've paid a lot of money for him, Derek. But again, you you mentioned that just just a minute ago players that have been brought in but they're in the wrong system perhaps because we've got two strikers that should be playing every week with the amount of money that we're paying and they're not, he's only playing one Yeah, I mean the, the game itself it started off at a frantic pace from both teams 
For a change, I think we were trying to do things too quick rather than at the slow pace. And we did struggle to retain the possession a lot. We were wasteful with a lot of the time as well. PSV were really comfortable on the ball. They were retaining possession well, getting forward. However, our defence was containing them. They were the better team in the first half, absolutely. And our midfield were absolutely missing. Started off brightly, as I said, for the first four minutes at least, putting their players under pressure, chasing everything. Then in the fourth minute, a quick break from PSV down the left side. Gets into the box, has a shot, blocked and spilled by Butland, retained by PSV who kept on knocking the ball about our box and eventually cleared. We were poor at retaining the possession throughout the half, as I said. 22nd minute, a long ball up, a nice header by Dessers, defender slips, Seema picks the ball up, drives it forward, gets a shot off just inside the box, on the right-hand side, but a poor effort and right at the keeper. PSV had a shot a couple of minutes later in the 25th minute, well wide though. 26 minute a quick break by PSV after a wasteful play up front by us it goes 3v3 ending in a powerful shot from just outside the box but right at Butland who saved it 34th minute we got the corner I never seen the play leading up to it because I needed a pee at this time no change there for me watching football 43rd minute, cross it on the deck by PSV from the right side, right across our box. All it would have taken is a, sh- a leg out and it was in. How many times has that happened so far this season? 45th minute, a curling effort by the right side by PSV just wide. And then, arguably against the runner play on the 45th minute, just before half time, Sima makes it 1 0. An absolute fucking cracking goal as well. Cantwell crossed the ball from the right, but nobody was there. PSV picked the ball up, but instantly we are putting them under pressure and chased the ball. The ball free in the box, and Dessers cuts it back to Seema at the edge of the box, and a stunning curling shot into the top right bin past the keeper. I mean, he was playing shit up until that point, and then he scored that absolutely cracker. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth there, Derek. He was probably <laughs> the worst player on the park, and everybody was wanting him off at half time. And then he goes and does that, which was absolutely outstanding. It was a peach of a goal. Yes, it angered the young so much that he apparently kicked the door off its hinges at half time. So I hope he's apologised and paid for the damage as well. So, yeah, yeah just so obviously going into half time. Absolutely cloud nine with that one, you know, against the runner yep. play. It wasn't the most enjoyable game for our point of view to watch, but I'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, definitely, because we just didn't see that coming in the whole of the first half. And like I said, the probably the worst player on the night scored the goal that, uh, that got us 1-0 up at half time. So, you know, as you say, delighted with that one. Yes. So into the second half, 46 <laughs> minute, a big save from their keeper after a close range effort from Tavernier. 58th minute, a PSV free kick from 20 yards. Butland saves for the corner. More comfortable than it looked, I think. However, on the 61st minute, PSV made it one each. It was patient build-up, went down the left, across in, went to the back post, found the PSV player who cuts it in the middle. Suter and Goldson go for the same ball, get mixed up. The PSV player takes it and shoots into the net. Piss poor defending once again. It was, again, who's picking up who and who's marking who. I don't know if it's just the fact that Goldson's hardly played any games this season with Suter. I honestly don't know. A lot of people are talking about it's the fact that it's zonal marking rather than man marking that that we're doing as well, but just a complete fuck-up in defence regardless, Derek. As usual, though, that's the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 67th minute, Seema and Jack off Matondo and Lundstrom on and restored the one goal cushion on the 76th minute with Matondo scoring and what a fucking goal this was. 
a quick move up the field, a long ball to Cantwell in the middle, a stunning control, lovely pass to the right to Dessers, who plays an equally stunning cross to the far side of the box to find Matondo, who strokes at home. Absolutely lovely. It was a great goal, Derek. Fantastic first-time shot as well by Matondo, who, you know, he as soon as he came on, was given us much more attacking options than, than what we'd had in the whole of the first half. So, you know, it was a great play by Cantwell and a fantastic goal in the end from Matondo. Superb stuff. Yes. However, we decided to undo all that good work four minutes later and it went to each with PSV scoring. The corner in from the right, off the back of the young and into the back of the net. He got the better of Suter, but there was a bit of a fortune with it as well, with the fact that it just hit off his back and into the back of the net. Uh, still poor, nonetheless. Yep, it certainly was. And again, just, just like last year, they got a goal from a corner, which could have easily have been defended by us, Derek, and absolutely shite timing as well. Yes. 81st minute, Dessers and Sifuentes off, Danilo and Dowell on. 86th minute, Cantwell off, Lammers on. 88th minute, Tavernier into Lammers in the box on the left side. A lovely touch and shoots, saved by the keeper. Rebounded to Danilo, who takes a touch and shoots it and blocked out for the corner. Unlucky that there. And in the 94th minute, a corner in for the right, cleared to the 20-yard line. And Matondo with a thunder bastard volley just wide. So, so unlucky that there. That would have been an absolute peach. Probably the goal of the tournament already, yeah. if that I'd went in but not to be unfortunately in that well we'll get into it that was the unfortunate thing maybe it proved to be the undoing but yeah to each it wasn't the the best of games for us it wasn't the worst of games certainly all to do in the second leg but most of us I think went away with that game fairly happy considering that yeah. PSV were largely in control for a lot of the game but we still managed to get two off them from good play as well. It wasn't a bit of luck like they got in their second goal, but so content with that. Yeah, we were at the time because, as you say, we, we didn't play well, but we were hoping that we maybe there was a, a few people were saying that we had a sort of hex on PSV because, uh, you know, they've been unable to beat us. So all I, I was looking for, Derek, was just to give us a chance for the second leg, just something to play for, and we certainly did. We scored two very good goals and there was a few bright bits of play in, in the game. Like what, what I said at the start, it's probably going going by what we've seen in the last, in the last week. It's probably one of our better games. So uh, no, I was I, I was content with the result. Put it that way. Yes. So we went into the next game on Saturday, the twenty sixth of August. It was away to Ross County, where we won two 0 so we made three changes from the PSV game. We lined up Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, Barisic, Lundstrom, Raskin, Cantwell, Lammers, Roof and Dessers. On the subs bench we have McCrory, Jack, Lawrence, Sifuentes, Matondo, Sima, Sterling, Balogun and Danilo. So more changes again. Danilo still not starting against bloody Ross County. Yeah, I know. And again, as games like this, it, it was going back to when Gio w w was in charge where he was like so cautious Constantly, and we, we, we're we keep hoping to see two strikers up front, Derek. But he's still going with just play, playing the one. Sort of, I mean, I, I don't know if he sees Dessers as being his hold-up player or some somebody that's good, good in the air. And certainly, we, we've still to see that. But you know, we're we're desperate to see two strikers because that's the reason that we brought these guys in. Yeah. 
So it took the game a while to get going, but we were patient. We kept on plugging away and we eventually made the possession and shots count. Ross County were trying to break quick at the start and they were chasing balls, but we largely dealt with it. Ninth minute, nice move up the park, ended in roof on the left side of the box. A great cross into the back post with Dessers, a close range header saved by the keeper and eventually out for the corner. Twelfth minute, Ross County managed to get three and a shot off right at Butland, but the ball spun up due to the wet surface. They nearly snuck in to get another shot, but the whistle was blown for a foul on Suter in the build-up in any case. 16th minute, Tavernier to Raskin down the right. Raskin with a first-time cross, finds the head of Lammers, but not enough power and right at the keeper. And on the 22nd minute, Roof made it 1-0. A corner in from the right to the back post. Roof was falling with a player on him. He still managed to get a foot to it and direct it goalwards into the back of net. Just absolutely brilliant, Dave. It was a fantastic finish, Derek. Fantastic finish. For, for, as you say, for him to keep his balance and composure as he was getting dragged to the ground, still make contact with it. It was, it was a tremendous goal. Absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, arguably, he's uh, justified him starting ahead of Daniel there. Well, possibly. I mean, I, I think he's very lightweight. I don't think he is the, the, the man to play up front on his own. But certainly the way that he played and when he was when Stephen Gerrard was there, where he was playing just to the left or just to the right of a main striker, that was when we got the best out of him. And that's certainly the position that he was put in in that game. And it paid and, he, you know, he scored a fantastic goal. Yes, so he scored the goal, he came in from out the blue, he scored the goal, I was fully expecting him to go off injured about 10 minutes later. (laughs) Don't tempt (laughs) fate. But anyway, he kept on for a good wee while and on the 26th minute, four minutes later, Tavernier put us 2-0 up with an absolute stunner. He intercepts a loose ball in the halfway line, he drives the ball forward, he looks up, takes it on the right foot and shoots from about 20 yards into the top left corner. A peach of a goal, Dave. Derek, that's going to be one of the goals of the season. It, it, it really is. And we don't see James Tavernier score a lot of goals like that. It's usually, you know, from dead balls or getting on the end of crosses or, or stuff like that. But the fact that he took the ball from his own half, he kept running, he kept running, he stopped, he got it on his right foot, he dragged back and then he just looked up. And it, it wasn't even like a chip, it was a phenomenal strike right in, into the top corner. Absolute world-class strike there. And that's the type of things that we know that James Tavenier can do. Absolutely fantastic goal, really was. And then the game kind of stuttered after that. They yep. never had any notes from uh, until the 45th minute where Lammers on the right side of the box. Fane's right, cuts it back to the left. It's a great curling shot, forcing the keeper into a good save to keep it out of the top bin. And that's how the half ended up. So happy as such, you know, 2-0 up. It's a difficult place to go, especially lately for us. But, you know, we're, we're in control of the game. Definitely, yeah. Second half, though, not a great second half at all. It, it was workmanlike, but it was scrappy and it was job done. I think that's all you can really take out yeah. of it. We kind of yeah. really wanted a third goal to put it completely out of doubt and we never got that. No, and I think we knew quite early on in the second half that we weren't going to get a third goal, Derek. So it was more about in my eyes, making sure that we didn't concede a goal and control the game because I just had a feeling that we weren't going to get the third. 
No. The second half kicked off on the 46th minute. Ross County had a chance. I missed it because I was doing a pee again. Oh my God. <laughs> and apparently it was a really dangerous chance. Yeah. They probably should have scored it as well. So kind of glad I missed it now. 59th minute, Lammers and Roof off Seema and Matondo on. 66th minute, Matondo on the left drives the ball inwards, has a shot from distance, forcing the keeper into a decent save out for the corner. 69th minute, Matondo down the left. Passes to the overlapping Barisic, shows a great cross in, close range header by Seema, forcing a good save from the keeper and cleared it out for the corner by the defender. 70th minute, a header by Ross County and a comfortable save from Butland. 71st minute, Borner dallying in her own half on the right, robbed of the ball. Some suggestions he was fouled, mind you. The Ross County player passed the left, got a shot at the edge of the box and tipped over by Butland. It should have been a given as a corner, but it wasn't for some weird reason. 72nd minute, Cantwell and Dessers off, Danilo and Lawrence on. 83rd minute Danilo with a shot and palmed away by the keeper 83rd minute Raskin off Jack on 84th minute a lovely ball to Matondo down the left a great cross and a cross goal Seema sliding in but couldn't get it in time if he connected it was in and it, on the 92nd minute a save by Butland but it was an easy take so happy with the three points obviously good performance in the first half disappointed with the second half performance it was largely us but there was still a few niggly moments in there where you thought well all it takes is one wee mistake and that's it 2-1 and yep. the pressure's on us so glad to get away with the three points nonetheless definitely just like what I said that happened just just as you went in the second half it was more I think about making sure that we didn't concede because we just have that horrible feeling that if we did then we would completely blow it. But I was just more happy in the second half that, you know, they kept control and managed to get the clean sheet as well. So, uh, as you said before, Derek, it has potentially been a difficult place for us to go of late. So I was certainly happy with uh, a 2-0 victory there. Yes. Now, Dave, this is when it turns really bad and sour and I really don't want to do this. But Wednesday the 30th of August, it was a 5-1 drubbing against PSV away in the second playoff leg of the Champions League qualifier. Dave, a shit show all round, wasn't it? Derek, it was. I missed it just because I was working. Uh, Unfortunately, watched it back just to see how bad... It was, and it was as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Going from the the first two games that we covered there, where we were possibly seeing signs of improvement, for it to completely fall on its arse in the next game, and the game after that as well, it was just deplorable, it really was, but I'll, I'll let you get into it. So, two changes from the Ross County game. We'll end up Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, Barisic, Sifuentes, Lundstrom, Raskin, Matondo, Cantwell and Dessers. On the subs bench, McCrory, K. Wright, Jack, Lammers, Seema, Sterling, S. Wright, Davis, Balligan, King, Devine and Danilo. Dave, you've got a, your keynote striker there who's got experience against playing about um, our recent PSV side and that's two games he's been on the bench. Yes. <sighs> What can I say? But anyway, and it's his it's his man, Derek. He he brought him in, and we had to fought, fight hard to get him to our team, and he's not getting a game. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else to say. So, I mean, the first half, not an enjoyable first half at all. We started off brightly, as we usually do, and then after about 10 minutes, we fell back into our usual style of play, giving the ball away, slow and pedestrian football. 
PSV took charge after about the the tenth minute. We had in that time we started off brightly, Matondo looking lively down the left, Sifuentes a good cross in from the right, but nobody was picking it up. PSV took charge after that eleventh minute. Veerman with a shot from distance, forcing Butland into a save, relatively comfortable. I had to be awake. Twentieth minute, PSV floated the ball from the right side to the back post. The young gets a header at close range, but puts it wide. Really dangerous that. 31st minute, Golson dallying in the ball on the inner half, pass to Veerman who shoots it over the bar. 31st minute, a lovely long ball up from Golson over the, the PSV defence, picked up by Dessers, bounces and has a shot just wide. He really has to be hitting the target, certainly at this level, yep. doesn't he? 100%, yep. 33rd minute, a cross from PSV on the left, a shot in the box and a great save by the legs of Butland. Ball still not cleared as Barisic had challenged the player from behind who went down and the ball was cleared. Ref instantly said no penalty. It did go to a VAR check and he agreed with his original decision. It wasn't a penalty for me anyway, was it? No, no definitely not. No. no. However, it had been coming on the 35th minute. PSV made it 1-0. A throw-in from the left, triangle passing, Tavernier can't track his man, a cross-in and a header into the back of the net. It was that simple. It was, just like you said, Derek, it had been coming. We had been living very dangerously up up to that point. Defensively, we were looking shaky. And as you say, at at the end, it was just a a couple of quick passes. Then the wee chip into the middle and a simple header past the goalkeeper was very disappointing, especially at that time of the game where I was hoping, just hoping and praying that we were going to hang on at half time but it wasn't to be. No. 42nd minute they had a shot on the edge of the box that went well wide two minutes later they had a shot again on the edge of the box that went well over this time 46 minute PSV played out wide right and a cross in flashed across the goal at pace and that's how it ended up at half time so not enjoyable whatsoever but being at only 1-0 we still had it in us to do something. Or we hoped we did. <laughs> well, we, yes, we hoped we did, but yeah. how wrong we were. Yeah. 46 minute, it was a low shot outside the box by PSV, but it was blocked. 51st minute, Barisic went off injured, Sterling on. And then in the 53rd minute, 2-0. Another simple goal, down the right side, cuts it back, across into the back post, Tavernier nowhere near his man, which allows him to knock it back into the middle and a simple tap-in. Again, so, so simple. It isn't. How many times have we seen these uh, cutbacks or dinkbacks from the far end of the back post to an like, unmarked player that comes running in? It just it seems to happen all the time. It happened to us last season as well, Derek. And <laughs> Simple defending. You pick up your man, it doesn't happen. And it, when you know we just switched off again, and that's how it happened. Yeah. 57th minute, Matondo shot deflected over the bar. 59th minute, a lovely save from Butland after a 1 2 by PSV just outside our box. Has a shot and a great dive and save by Butland there. 61st minute, Raskin and Dessers off, Danilo and Lammers on. He finally gets on against PSV. <laughs> and then we've got a bit of hope because in the 64th minute, Tavernier made it 2 1. Past to Cantwell, a lovely flicked ball up to Lammers, who was running inside the box on the left side. A nice cross into Tavernier, who was sliding into the back and knocks it in. What a lifeline that was. And we thought, could the comeback be on here? What I thought at that stage, Derek, was we were playing so poorly 
that for us to get the goal back against PSV, I thought that that would maybe put their heads down and say, you know, it doesn't matter how well we're playing, they're still going to get back into this game. That's what I was hoping at that stage, because we really weren't in it at all, and, it, and that goal came out of nothing. But again, it's, it's the, the good and bad of James Tavernier, isn't it? You know, he gets up, he scores the goal, but he's defensive play at the other end cost us a goal so but certainly what we thought was a lifeline at that point Derek yes because what we thought was a lifeline turned into just another false dawn because two minutes later after we scored the goal I think it was 90 seconds actually PSV made it 3-1 it was a free kick from the left near our post Tavernier initially marking De Jong he drifted off him allowed him to get ahead to it and into the back of the net it's as simple a goal as De Jong will ever score because he had that space he did, and De Jong really taught us a lesson on, on on the night on how to play sort of one main striker up front. I, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He bullied our players all, all night and got, got his goal. And as you say, just very, very easy. E- easy, easy game for him and an easy chance, and he, he took it and scored. Very, very poor defending once more. Yes. PSV on the 70th minute, down the right, Skin Sterling cuts inside at the edge of the box, has a curling effort and a lovely diving save from Butland out for the corner. 73rd minute, Lammers with a shot from distance but wide. 76th minute, lovely skill from Matondo getting past two players, unleashes a great shot at the edge of the box and hits the post. So, so unlucky that there. Matondo's probably the only really dangerous one we had in the team at that point as well. It was, and it's, it's the final ball, Derek, isn't it? He, he, he seems to have everything pace and, and trickery and, and abundance in his, his positional sense. It just seems to be he either takes an extra touch or his final ball isn't great. And there you saw it was the sort of Kenny Miller. He, he, he didn't have time to think about it and he beat three players, you know, and he had a shot and it was really unlucky because that would have been a, a tremendous goal. Yeah, and it would have gave us a lifeline again. However... Sliding doors moment because a minute later they went right up the park on the 77th minute and made it 4-1. They went down the right, passed on the overlap, cuts it back to the man in the middle and a shot into the back of the net. There was a player in an offside position but there was no further checks. He was in an offside position. He never interfered with play, I don't think. However, you could argue that he was in the sight lines of Butland so he should have been flagged for offside but clearly not. No, and you could see that that Butland was going mad at that stage as well, because he certainly thought that he was interfering with play. But again, you've got to look at the at the rules, Derek, and see how the the referee sees it. And he didn't think that he was interfering with play at all. No. And then the humiliation was rounded out on the eighty first minute because they made it five one with an OG by Goldson. Now, we've seen some OGs in our time, Dave, but this must have been... This is the worst I've ever seen Rangers score, put it that way. It was a soft pass back to Butland, absolutely. And it was... He could have arguably just bloated it up the park, but I think he was off-footed because of the initial pass back. And then Butland passed it to Goldson, who kicks it right back down the centre of our goal past Butland. First rule of playing a pass back, don't play it between the sticks. Second rule of pass back, if you're in doubt at all, kick it out the field, not towards our goal. I mean, Dave, it was just shambolic. It just summed the evening up for me, Derek. It it summed up how bad a performance it was. It summed up how much uh, the team had let themselves down. And that goal was just uh, the icing on the cake for our misery. 
It was embarrassing. I actually felt really sorry for Jack Butland. You could see how pissed off and fed up that he looked. And I don't know what the hell Goldson was thinking about. I really don't. But it was just, as I say, it was just that just ended it for, for me there. That that, that was the, the icing on, on the cake for our disaster of a night. Just after that, Matondo came off and Jack came on and in the 86th minute, a big save from the legs of Butland to keep it another goal out. Um, Dave, it was 5-1 going on, yep. not not being joking, 10-1 there yep. because Butland did save us several times in that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I am so glad now that we never reached the Champions League because that was not an enjoyable game to watch. Last season wasn't enjoyable in Europe at all. Because we are just going to get annihilated in uh, in the Champions League when we're coming up against teams. I mean, you can't even technically say PSV are a Champions League level side going into these games because they hadn't made the Champions League in five years. So it's it's, it's so disappointing the way we played, how we set up, the effort we gave. It was just diabolical, Dave. It was one of the worst sort of performances we've seen. I think since we played. Liverpool last year at Ibrox in the second half when that fell to pieces. A lot of our more experienced players, should, should I say, completely disappeared for us, completely. The new players coming in did absolutely nothing as well. It was just a, a complete calamity. The only two players, I think, that could leave that pitch with their heads up were Butland and Matondo. And again, I think Matondo was, was quite wasteful, but certainly attacking-wise, he was by far our best option. But the rest of the team, it was just dire, Derek. It was just absolutely dire that there's no positive points to take from any of it whatsoever. And really disappointing. As you say, we would have went into the Champions League, we would have got absolutely annihilated. But we would have had 20-odd million in the bank. That was the only thing that was sort of keep, keeping me going for it, was the was the money side of things and hoping that players would maybe raise their game because they were in the Champions League. But it's not to be, Derek. And PSV thoroughly deserved to go through the better team in both legs. And, you know, we've got absolutely, we, we, we can't say that we were unlucky in any way because we got away with one at Ibrox against them and then we got completely found out in Eindhoven, didn't we? Yeah. So the only kind of saving grace about this one is we were instantly into the Europa League group stages and with Sparta Prague beating Dynamo Zagreb the night before the draw, it meant we would go into pot one seeds. So that's, you know, we we missed out on getting the likes of Liverpool and I think Ajax and all that. I think quite fortunate there, weren't we? Well, we were, but I think we've got a very tough group, to be perfectly honest with you, Derek. There's two, two teams in there that the way that we're playing at the moment... I think we're. <laughs> I can't see us getting much out of it. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But as you're about to to, to get into with the who we've we've drawn in the in, in the group stages, it, it will be a tough one. Yes. So we've drawn Real Betis, Aris Limassol, and Sparta Prague. Those old foes as well. Tough games, absolutely. Uh, I think if the Rangers of PSV fame turn up, then we're going to get absolutely hammered. But if Rangers of the Road to Seville turn up, we've got a good chance of getting out that group. 
I'm not going to say we're going to win the group, but we've got a good chance of getting out of it. And the good thing as well, and this I thought it came into force last year, but this is the last year where there's going to be the parachute into the Conference League as well. So if we finish third in the group, we can at least get the Conference League, which, see, to be honest, Dave, if we can then go and do a West Ham, I would quite happy finish third in this group. I think that's an if and a huge, yes. huge if with the way that we're playing just now, Derek. I have got no confidence whatsoever, even if we did go into the Conference League, that we would get, get very far in that. That's how, how low I am on the expectations for my team at the moment. Well, the games are played on September the 21st at home against Real Betis, October the 5th away to Limassol, October the 26th away to Sparta, November the 9th at home to Sparta, November the 30th at home to Limassol and the last game December the 14th away to Real Betis. So Rangers have confirmed that in response to feedback from last year, those that are on the CCCS subscribers will have three payments ahead of each home game and it's going to be a total of 120 quid for adults. That's just an increase of £3 from last season. So fantastic from the club there. Yeah, as I think uh, they're desperate for us to have a full house to, to give us as much chance as possible, Derek. So, uh, you know, that was well, well done. One of the few positives for the club recently. So, yeah, no, good stuff. So we'll go from a small positive to a major negative oh. because on Saturday the 3rd of September, it was a 1-0 loss at home against Celtic in the Premiership. Again, we were hoping for a lift and certainly it would have been a big lift to get a victory over Celtic. A Celtic team who are not playing well, a Celtic team who had nearly all their defenders missing, certainly their, their central defenders, they had to go out, they had to bring in some lone players, so it was also a Celtic team that were not playing well, a Celtic team that had been knocked out the cup, a Celtic team that were only a point ahead of us at that stage, and we really thought, certainly... A week prior to that, that we were going to get a positive result. I was certainly confident, but the PSV game kind of knocked that confidence out of me. And we started seeing how poorly that we, that we had been playing. But we were hoping that we were going to get some sort of reaction, Derek, out of this game. And we waited for the lineups, and the team that was put out was Butland and Goals, Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, and Sterling, Derek, who is a right-back or a right-sided defender playing at left-back. Jack Raskin, Cantwell, Matondo, Roof and Dessers playing. And on the subs bench, McCrory, then the left-back that we've paid so much money for on the bench that could have been playing. Rudvan on the bench, strange. Lundstrom, Lawrence, Lammers, Cifuentes, Sima, Davis and Danilo again doesn't start, Derek. So going back to Roof up front with Dessers and Matondo playing wide on the right-hand side. And almost the perfect start because there was a goal kick which was flicked onto Dessers. He breaks free and plays a great low ball across the face of the goal and Matondo fires it in and scores. But we kind of knew straight away that it was going to be offside. But anyway, it was a great start and we thought they're well up for this. They're really going for it. And then the sort of first 10 minutes, Rangers were really forcing the play. 
Dessers using his power to hold off players and hold up the ball, but nothing cut coming off of it. There was nobody willing to take a chance in the final third. And then the 16th, the first sort of real scare, Celtic break down the right wing, a low cross to Kyogo, and we thought it was going to be his trademark against us, but a bad touch, thankfully, and the ball was cleared by Suter, and he'll take that as a really bad miss against us. The 21st minute, good all-round play, around about the box, can't well to Tav on the right, a low cross across the face of goal, and just out of the reach of Dessers, who I think would have been offside. We'll get into that soon as well, Derek. 25th minute, Suter, Caught dithering on the ball. Celtic should have scored. Kyogo was through one and one, but a fantastic clearance by Goldson on the goal line. Uh, but the ball was put back in, and then another great clearance again. So living dangerously, Derek. But then on the 29th minute, major controversy as Rangers scored. Now we were all going daft. The Celtic defender again does what John Souter was doing there. Dithers on the ball. Dessers comes in, wins the ball off him, he puts the pressure, he wins it, he slips the ball back to Roof. He's got to take one touch, sidesteps and fires the ball past the goalkeeper into the back of the net. Everyone goes mental, Derek, I go mental. I'm sure you did as well, but then the dreaded VAR check, Derek, and we just had a feeling that it wasn't going to go our way as soon as he goes to go and have a look. And lo and behold, the goal is not given because they seem to think that Dessers has impeded the Celtic defender or fouled them. Derek, I think it was absolute nonsense. It was, he went in, he won the ball, he won the ball, the goal should have stood. Absolute shocking decision. It's, it's, it's absolutely scandalous. Oh. It's just an absolute nonsense decision from the referee there. There's several points in it. Now, for a start, it wasn't even a foul. There was no Celtic players claiming for a foul. No. You know, there is a thing now, what happened, remember, uh, with Morelis against Borussia Dortmund and that Spanish arsehole referee that, that chopped a, a perfectly good goal off because Morelis stood in front of the player who kicked his leg and he impeded him. Well, that's apparently part of the rules. It's a nonsense rule. It's part of the rules, right? But that's not what happened here. He clearly got the ball off of him there was no issues with that whatsoever no Celtic player and the player himself wasn't claiming for a foul so where the referee got that from I do not know the bigger issue though is the introduction of VAR now VAR checks it after every goal which it's entitled to do however VAR is only meant to signal to the referee or get involved if there's a clear and obvious error being made, you tell me where a clear and obvious error has been made in this situation. It's not. So, no. and, and see, the third thing is the referee actually pointed to the halfway line once he had checked the screen. So the whole crowd in the stadium, 50,000 sets of eyes were on him at this point, and he points to the centre circle. So why would he point to the centre circle and then reverse his decision? What's that all about? Absolutely uh, ridiculous because he points to the centre circle, the whole stadium erupts thinking that the goal has been given and then for some reason he points away again and the goal's not been given. So Derek, I was completely confused at this stage. Uh, it turned into a complete farce. We had a perfectly good, good goal chopped off and VAR, the, the use of VAR was just a complete shit show, let's be honest. I mean, what's quite funny is that just about every single pundit and uh, referee pundit has said that 
that should have stood. The goal should have stood. I think it's only John Beaton and a couple of Celtic-minded people. But there's more Celtic-minded people like Neil Lennon and like another Celtic-minded referee who does one of the podcasts said, no, it was a perfectly good goal. VAR shouldn't have got involved in that one. So that's very telling, isn't it? And what I, what I find funny is that it's still Celtic fans and Celtic-minded pundits that keep our, keep going on about this. We've kind of, right, it's done, it's dusted. Rangers have asked the SFA for clarification on what the hell that was all about. But it's the Celtic pundits and Celtic fans that keep going on about it. We, we've kind of put it to the back of our mind. We're only speaking about this now because we're going over the game. Yeah. Crazy. So, as I said, Rangers have asked for clarification. It's not going to change anything, but... No. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that, you know, why VAR got involved, what the decision was. You know, we've seen down in England several times that if they come out and say they've got it wrong, they admit they've got it wrong and they say that it should, shouldn't have stood or it should have stood or whatever. No so that happened in Scottish football, Derek. No. Absolutely no chance. It's all came from the amount of pressure that Celtic and their management have put on referees for the the, the, the last few seasons, and it, it completely showed in that game. I, com- I feel co- completely cheated by it. It was a perfectly good good goal, and you know there was absolutely no reason why it shouldn't have stood. So absolutely ridiculous. I mean, people say it's not the reason why we lost the game. We still had you know X amount of minutes of play to play. But no, these are game-changing decisions. Yeah. People get sacked on the back of these decisions, which were ultimately wrong. I mean, you talked about Celtic, you know, and their pressure in the media. And the run-up to the game, absolutely out of nowhere, Alan Stubbs was on a podcast and stated that when he was playing for Celtic during an old firm game, Celtic never got what he claims is a, a stonewall penalty decision. I questioned the referee during the game, and the referee apparently said, well, I, when I'm refereeing, you'll never get a penalty against Rangers. You know, that's came from absolutely yeah, nowhere absolutely. him in the media before the game you knew it was the run up to an old firm game because yep. they constantly do this every single time yep. absolutely incredible Derek and again if that goal had have stood because after the goal was chopped off that was when we started losing the game Derek because the heads had obviously went down you could sense the frustration with the crowd and that is when Celtic started getting back into the game at that stage and then you know, having the the bulk of possession after that happened, and it was the same right right the way until the the end of the first half that the Celtic were coming back in. So that was a huge decision, and it was a game changer, exactly like what you said. Yes. Anyway, so after that had happened, Derek, like I've just said, Celtic started getting a lot more of of the ball and coming back in, into the game. Rangers going back in, into their shell. In the forty third minute, though, there was a mix up. Uh, with Hart and his defender at the edge of the box and the ball falls to Matondo and he hits it first time, sends it right o- over the bar. I feel that he could have went for a run in- into the box there, Derek, and maybe had a better chance. Still a really good op- opportunity for us. But then on injury time in the first half, a minute in- into injury time, lo and behold, what happens? Celtic score and it comes from another absolutely defensive blunder from Rangers. The ball comes in to the box, Goldson heads the ball away, instead of trying to get some power, he hits it, sort of down level with his own head, and it goes straight to the Celtic midfielder who heads it back towards the Rangers goal, and Kyogo runs through, it hits the shot on the volley from the edge of the box, it was a great strike, Derek, 
but he should never have got the opportunity in the first place if Goldson had got rid of the ball a lot cleaner. And Celtic took the lead just before half time. And at that stage, I just knew we weren't going to get anything for this game, Derek. I don't don't know about you. Shocking defending all round once again and shooting ourselves in the foot. I don't think it was so much the goals and clearance because he was well up near the halfway line at this point and a decent and header away. It was just the simple ball through our defence on the way back for Keogh to score. That was the problem. So I don't think it was the initial clearance that was the issue. It was the the after the clearance that was it was just really, really poor. But once again, more defensive blunders. Yep, definitely. And uh, again, sh- shooting ourselves in the foot. Half-time whistle blew. We just knew how poor that we had ended that first half. And, you know, in, into the second half, Celtic started with the possession. They were certainly getting the better of our midfield, which, Derek, a few weeks ago, we thought our midfield was doing really well. But a huge chance for Celtic on the 50th minute. Goldson makes a mess of the clearance. It falls to Abada on the right-hand side. He hits a low shot, which I thought was just going to burst the net. But a fantastic save by Butland. He puts it past the post. And the referee thought it had went past, it went wide. But Butland did get a wee touch to it. It was an excellent save. But they never got the corner out of it. But then a great chance of Sterling. He fires the ball across the face of the goal. Right across the face of the goal, Derek, all we needed was somebody to take a wee chance, sliding at the back post. No takers whatsoever. Clear-cut chance there. And then there was a couple of subs made in the 64th minute. Roof, Matondo and Sterling off. Now, as soon as Roof got taken off, Derek, I think that is when the vast majority of the Rangers fans completely lost all faith because the booing that went because we were taking off a sort of goal scorer Lammers, Danilo and Yilmaz on because I didn't think that Sterling were having a, a particularly good game at left-back. Bringing Yilmaz on to try and change your fortunes on the left-hand side. And Rangers applying pressure at that stage on the 71st first minute. Tav with the ball at the back post. He fires it in, but it's cleared. You know, Again, I think he could have done better there. And then a yellow card for Todd Cantwell, who was getting frustrated. You could see he was getting frustrated. He put in a, an ill-time tackle. Referee books him straight away. Then Raskin to Lammers, into the box. Lammers sidesteps hard, but shoots wide. Another fantastic chance. Glaring chance. Another sort of fashion Sakala-type chance, Derek. He should have done so much better. He'd done all the hard work. His first touch was excellent to take him past Hart, but I don't know what he was thinking about with his shot there. All he had to do was just sort of to tap it in with his left foot. I, I, I don't know what he was th- thinking about, but he puts it past the post when we thought it was going to be a certain goal. <laughs> it was just, again, a poor, poor strike, you know, f- forward play from us. 76 minute, Dessers and Jack off, Lawrence and Simmer on. Uh, 82nd minute, Cantwell and Maeda, they tussle in the box. Maeda shoulder charges Cantwell, he goes down. No penalty given. What did you think about that one, Derek? It was another scandalous decision. It was a clear as day penalty to me. He completely knocked him right off his feet. It wasn't the fact that Cantwell was going down easily because you could see that he was tussling to try and, and get the ball. Clear foul. I think if that had been anywhere else than in the box, it would have been a foul to Rangers. But because 
of everything that we've been saying about referees, it, it seems to be that they're terrified to give anything against Celtic. And again, that just showed that again. I, I hate getting into this sort of conspiracy side, Derek, but when it's happening time and time again, it's just absolutely pathetic. It really is. And that should have been another, you know, a, a penalty. It was a clear one in my eyes. 84th minute, a long ball to Danilo in the box. He gets through, he shoots it, saved. The ball comes back in low to Danilo. He has a sort of half-hearted, half sort of kick at the ball. No really any conviction in it and half saves with his foot to get it away. 88th minute, Yilmaz across to Lammers. He has another great chance with a header. A big guy like him, he can't get it on targets past the post. He never really had anyone on him. He put pressure on him. That was another poor chance. There was seven minutes of injury time added on, Derek, but nothing, nothing of note after that seven minutes. You would have thought we would have really been putting the pressure on, but we made it easy for Celtic's makeshift defence, certainly in the second half. There was nothing between the two poor teams, in my, in my opinion, Derek. I didn't th- I th- thought that Celtic were getting the bulky possession, but really did nothing. But the difference is that they had someone that could put the ball in the back of the net, and that's what happened. We had so many chances for, for, for forwards in that game, and they couldn't take any of these chances against that team. We wouldn't have had a better chance to beat them at Ibrox. And we've blown it, Derek. And... Again, a couple of shocking decisions by the referee, a lot of wasteful chances by us as well, and really, really disappointing again. I mean, the first half, I don't think we were as bad as people were making out. We had a good few chances. We were actually making heart play more like a sweeper at times as well. He would come out his box, especially a lot to kick it out. So I don't think we were as bad as what... what people were making out in the first half. Yes, a few wasteful times. What was more annoying, though, is we were standing off Celtic all game, and when you seen that when we actually ran at them, pressed them, put them under pressure, they made mistakes, and that's how we got the the bulk of the good chances for us. Uh, second half was just a bit of a nonsense, really. Um, the Lammers chance, I think... He was trying to do too much there. He tried to take round the keeper and the narrow the angle was narrowing all the time and he kind of got the ball caught up in his feet and it kind of bounced off his shin and then went wide. I wouldn't blame him so much for that part. I would more blame him for his decision-making. What was he know just trying to have a shot straight off for once he, as soon as he got the ball? The roof booing. I can't remember any time I've heard that eye brought yeah, before for yeah. a substitution. Yeah. I think that's very telling. Um not because Roof was playing bad. I mean, Roof wasn't great in the game, let's be honest. He, he had a decent-ish first half. He was anonymous in the second half. But I, th- I think, as you said there, it was more to do with the fact that Dessers was probably worse than him uh, at that point as well. Caught I offside would, so many times. Oh, the, the, the offside count was incredible. And again, we, we, we used to get frustrated with Morelos with the times that he got offside, but I think that the Dessers must have broke the, the offside re- record in that one one game there. It was it was shocking. It, it did nothing of, of any real note in the game. You know, he's, he's a marquee signing, and you know, he's, he he seems to be going backwards rather than forwards, and he's the one player that's had the most sort of game time out of all these forwards that have been brought in, and he's he's shown me very very little. Derek, and I would have loved to have seen Roof getting the chances that you, the likes of Danilo and uh, Lammers had as well, because I think that Roof would have probably buried them, to be honest with you. 
but it was it was just it was, it was poor. It was wasteful. The decisions go going against us as well, and it just left very very uh, disappointed. And the booing, I think Derek was the sort of final straw. And you text me straight after the game saying. You know, uh, Bill's definitely lost the support, and I think that that was telling after the, you know, we heard the boon, because I was the same as you, Derek. I've never heard that before. Even when we were at our lowest, I've never heard that before. So it's it's telling. It really is. And I, I more or less opened the podcast with me saying I want Bill out here, and I'm one for backing the manager and one for blaming a lot of the players. And this is my justification for now changing my mind on this one with Beal. I know I did say we need to give him time and give the players time to bed in and gel. But, I mean, last season we were firefighting with injuries. The league was gone when he came in. So I think he'd done with the best with what he could do. He did largely turn a a, a drawing and a losing side into a winning side, apart from the big games where he needed to win, of course. It's his team now, so surely he should be given time. That's what the argument could, could still be at this stage. However, when you say it's oh, it's only been four games in the league, well, he's lost two of them straight yes. away and one yep. of them is a six-pointer. Yep. You know, it's not so much the results, it's the manner of them. And I know I sound like a woman when I say that there, but it's not what you say, it's what you, it's how you say it. But it's, it's, it's the manner of the, of the results. And I'm including the cup game and the Euro games in that. I think Servette were... Okay, we weren't setting the heather light at all. The Morton game, it was piss poor, to be honest. We got there. And I know I justified it by saying sometimes cup games, you just need to win by any means necessary. But there's a pattern that's happening here. It's not been convincing whatsoever. Now, Gerard got three years, yes. Gerard was a worldwide known superstar. So that kind of bought him a wee bit of time. It was a new vision. And at least you could see the improvements year on year, game on game with his team and there was a style of play you can see neither in Beale's team yeah and it's the same ponderous slow play with no system so see in that respect see people writing off players I don't think you can write off players when you also blame the system for our, our lack of system because the players are clearly being played out of position they're not being given proper game time because he's chopping and changing so often players are not getting played players are getting played you know he keeps going on about a rebuild. We're seeing the same old players from the previous season that he kept. And there was only three new players in that starting 11 yeah. in the Celtic game. It would have only been two if Borner was fit. So he can talk about a rebuild all he likes. But if he's going to go with the same players that have been here for season after season, what's the point? Again, keynote striker Danilo constantly on the on the bench. Especially when he had experience against PSV, he started on the bench. I mean, he then came out and had a ridiculous presser after the the Celtic game. Now, his pressers have been questionable sometimes with his contradicting himself. He's saying too much as well. But this one was ridiculous. One of the things he came out with in saying that we were way off the figures transfer-wise. Then he goes on to confirm that, well, we've spent £13 million, which is the exact same figure that we've been quoting. So, I mean, we know... We've seen, we know how this story ends. We've seen it all before with other managers. And and see while I'm on it, Dave, and I've said it before, and I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, we will go absolutely nowhere while we're playing the same back three that we've seen for the past five seasons. And I'm talking about Goldson, 
Tavernier and Barisic. Golson can be solid, but he's always got a howler in him. Yeah. Borna Barisic, so inconsistent and quite clearly feigns injuries sometimes because he went down with that Celtic game and then, oh, he's miraculously picked for the, the, the Croatia squad. Tavernier, immense in 55 and in the Seville run, but that was the exception, not the rule. And I really don't care what he does up front. He's a liability at the back. That PSV game, whether they like it or not, he drifted off his, his attacker three times for the first three goals. It cost us three goals. If he stayed tight on his defender, these goals wouldn't have happened. I'm pretty sure, sure of that. I mean, scoring a goal. People seem to think that because he scores a goal in a game, that makes up for his deficiencies. That's basically what we got in that 5-1 PSV game. Ultimately, he's taken up the position of where our strikers could have been. People are praising him for being the highest scoring, highest scoring player in their team for the past three years. Well, you look at what he does. He tries to do everything. He's taken corners both sides. He's taken throw-ins both sides. He's taking free kicks everywhere. He's taking penalties. He's doing. He's trying to do too much. He's trying to get in striker positions, which, yeah, that's great, but a striker should be there. That's maybe why he's trying to do too much and getting caught out of the back. I mean, maybe it's a good time for him to maybe get pushed further up forward and let Sterling come in in the right right back and take his place. I, I don't know. I mean, if Beal is staying, which it looks as if he is now, he needs to change that back line. He needs to change the squad, change the formation, start attacking. No more two holding midfielders when we're coming up against the likes of St. Johnson at home. Absolutely ridiculous. And see, for the love of God, whatever happens, can we stop with the cringiest fuck black and white pictures of Beal with a red cross through it. It was cringy as fuck when it was the board members that were getting this patter. It's now cringy as fuck when it happened with Beal as well. We can protest in other ways, surely. Sorry, thing- Dave, run over. <laughs> One of the, the, the big things that's puzzling me, Derek, is we have a player in our team that we should be building the team round and that's Todd Cantwell. And I've said that he's by far, I, I think, our best player, our best sort of attacking, creative player. And he's getting shoehorned to be, you know, get played back in the centre in midfield, fur, further back, Derek, further back every time we see him because of the, the, the players that Beal brought in and the system that, that he's playing. I think it's a huge waste of the guy's talent. Because when he was brought in last season and started getting his game, he was basically carrying our team. But we're not even getting that now from him. You can see that he's getting frustrated also. Raskin has went back as well. A player that I thought was going to have a huge season. And I know it's just the start of the season, but the the, the system that he's getting played in as well, we're not getting the best out, out of him. And... I, this whole thing of allowing the other team to have the bulk of possession and us sitting back, we've not even got the players to hit them in the break. We've got Matondo who's got pace and that's it. He's he's the only player that's got any pace. So I'm I'm completely flummoxed and you know we're seeing nothing from Dessers apart from him getting offside constantly in a game. So I don't know. It, it doesn't look fit to me, Derek. It doesn't look fast. It doesn't. So I'm I'm still to see what what it is it does. I thought that it, it was going to be the old sort of McCoy's Hately thing where he would be the one that would hold the ball up while Danilo would be getting on on the end of it, and that that was going to be the partnership. That's not happened at all. So I'm I'm completely flummoxed, and I don't know where where we go from here. We keep hearing. 
I was listening to Andy Halliday on, on, on the radio the other day going on about how Beale's probably the best coach that he's ever worked with. He's phenomenal. The ideas he's got are incredible. But there's a difference between being a great coach in a team than being the manager of a team. And it's it's really, I, I don't think he's got it, Derek. I hope I'm wrong. And it looks as if he is staying. But you said it again. You're, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. We've seen all this before, haven't we? I mean, we were all buzzing because of the players he's signed. Now, granted, a lot of them we, we never knew much about, right? We'll, we'll give that. But he signed from, when you look into them, signed an attacking team, right? But now you've got too many players in the same positions. So you've, you look of the likes of Raskin attacking mid. You've got Cantwell attacking mid. You've got Lawrence attacking mid. You had Alex Lowry, who Lowry. was more of an attacking mid. You've got Hadji, an attacking mid. So you've got rid of Lowry, you've got rid of Hadji, and you've got rid of Lowry yep. just now, right? But you've still got another three or four players that can play in that position. Now, all I can think of is that he's now worried about the back line so much being so fragile that he's having to think, right, I'll need to start playing defensive. Now, I can't drop this player because he's a good threat going forward, but we'll play him a wee bit back and change his role. I can only think of the fact that he has to do that because the back line is so poor. So what was the point of spending all that money on all the attacking force if you knew your back line was, was dodgy? People have been saying it's quite clear that he shouldn't have been given the reins as the the, the effectively the director of football because he's the one that's scouted and signed all these players I know football has went to that model but that's what the manager's job was before because it was his team so I don't see this whole oh we need to get a director of football because this director of football is a new thing for us it really is so it just baffles me his decisions he needs to come out all guns blazing stop playing so negatively go for the jugular and get the game killed off early on, and then you can start maybe experimenting. I don't know, Dave. It's but what what I find hilarious is people are are, are clambering on to any media story now. I mean, fucking John Eustace. That that's <laughs> the spectre of John Eustace has came back once again because he's gonna get sacked at Birmingham or something like that, and you know, he's favourite for Rangers. Now Michael Beale is still in there. If Rangers, put it this way, if Rangers don't have a shortlist locked away in a cupboard somewhere of potential managers that they might be able to get, I'll be shocked and amazed if they don't. But that's not for just now. We still have a manager right now. So people jumping on the back of who we want as the next manager, there's no fucking point just now. And then every single media story that's out there just now, they're saying, oh, you know, he's favourite, he's favourite, he's maybe in line. Why are you even believing it? It's a load of crap from the media, as usual. I, I just can't believe this thing about, right, don't listen to the red tops, don't listen to the red tops, they talk absolute shite, and as soon as there's a story about us, oh, that's fucking shite, that's ridiculous, oh my God, oh, this is happening. I, I just despair sometimes, and I think sometimes our fans spend too much time on social media and believe everything. But anyway, Dave. Aye, like we said though, Derek, we've seen this happen before when it comes to managers and it's the whole fans losing it with the manager is accelerating losing faith because everybody has kind of lost faith I think and I think it's going on on to the team as well, the the, the team look confused the team don't have any kind of plan 
and it's just really, really worrying, Derek. And and like we said, that last game, we'll, we'll not get a better chance to beat them, and we just blew it again. And it's just it's it's just not good good enough. And you know, me and you have sat there for about the last t- ten minutes, telling you how we see it and the problems that that we can see. Surely the manager can see that as well. But again, there wasn't any new players brought in. And, you know, you were quite right with the defence. The, the defence just seems to be making the same mistakes constantly. And I do like John Suter, Derek. I really do. I think he could be a top player. And probably the best game that he's had for us was when he was playing alongside Balligan when we played Livingston a few weeks ago. He's, he looked probably the best player on the park. That's the type of player that we've got there. But when he's playing alongside Goldson, Tavernier and Barisic, there's just always a calamity waiting to happen. And it's it came majorly for us in the last two games. Yes. So I'm not even going to bother going over the league table because all you need to know is we've played four and lost two of them. Games to come, Saturday the 16th of September, away to St. Johnson. That's in the Premiership. That's a 12.30 kickoff. Thursday the 21st of September, we're at home against Real Betis in the Europa League Group C Game 1. That's at 8 o'clock kickoff. And just for my other mate Dave, yes, I'm going to be missing that game because I'm on a plane. So the plane's apparently got Wi-Fi, so I might be able to catch the, the on the on the plane there. It's maybe a good thing if the Wi-Fi doesn't work on the plane. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Maybe not. So, um, the next game after that I'll miss also. It's Saturday the 23rd of September at home against Motherwell. That's in the Premiership. That's a five, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff. Wednesday the 27th of September at home against Livingston in the League Cup quarter-final. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff. And then to round out September, Saturday the 30th of September at home against Aberdeen in the Premiership. That's a 1500 kickoff as well. So, a massive month undoubtedly we see that every single time we do a podcast but it's the, the month that could define the the, the rest of Beale's managerial career uh, at Rangers uh, definitely yeah de- definitely Derek and l- l- let's be honest these are all must win games for him the cup because we've got a, you know let's be honest we've got a realistic chance actually winning that and I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not being big headed but we do on paper but the, these league games, they're all must-win games. And if it doesn't go through that way, you know, 100%, I really think it could be George for him. I'm, and, and I hate saying that about managers, especially this early on, but it's, I, I can't see any way back if he doesn't get 100%. No, I, it's one of these things that get rid of him now, you can save the league. Whereas if you wait and wait and wait until we're, you know, potentially seven, eight, nine, ten points behind, then the league's over when a new manager comes in. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's going to be fans out there that kind of ultimately, some of them bizarrely would want us to lose so we can get rid of them. But no, I certainly don't <laughs> no. want that to happen. I would much rather them turn it round and go on a, on a massive winning yeah. streak. But what's the point? If we go on a winning streak, Celtic go on a winning streak as well, and then we lose against Celtic, then there's absolutely no point against uh, about that. But anyway, we'll now go into the news. First thing here is John Halstead has been appointed director of RIFC PLC. He's an American investor with over 30 years exec- experience in the private equity sector. So interesting one that there. 
And how sweet it is, James Taylor has been appointed the CFO. Not that James Taylor, but another C another James Taylor. He was the CFO for Zonal, who are a hospitality solutions provider and has had similar roles in Mastercard and Yo-Yo. He is the son of former SFA Chief Executive and UEFA General Secretary David Taylor. So, massive experience that there. Okay, good stuff. Kyle, or Kylie Fox, whatever her fucking name is, that would-be investor that turned sour, wanted us to pay her legal fees from stemming from uh, court cases last year with her. However, that's not the case because her appeal to for to claim the money back has been thrown out by the judge in America. Oh, okay. So, yes, probably the better that we never got involved with her in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Jonathan Johansson is now working as a Premier League pundit for the Finnish branch of Viaplay Sports. So he was back with us in a coaching capacity. Given the fact that he's going to be working with a Finnish company, I don't know if he's still doing that or not, but all the best to him there. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if, if you go by what we heard before, the man that sort of scouted Alfredo Morelos and found him and made sure that he came over, you know, when he was there. So, uh, I'm hoping that he can find some new superstars and point them in our direction. <laughs> Hopefully. And an interesting one here, nothing to do with us, but Morton have confirmed that they made just under £250,000 from their uh, cup fixture against us, which allowed them to bring in three players. So it just shows you that when the old firm come to town, or rather they come to us, yeah. the amount of money in cup games that, that these clubs can make, you know, is, is phenomenal. It is, and you know, we saw it again when we we're in the bottom leagues, Derek. The amount of money that that we brought to to the sort of small smaller clubs, and it's again, it's it's a huge sort of boost for these teams as well when they get us in the cup and things like that. So, you know, the blue the the, the blue pound strikes once more. Yes. And the last piece of main news I've got here is a consultation is underway by the UK government's senior traffic commissioner to bring Scotland in line with the UK when it comes to supporters coaches. Ridiculous. Unbelievable draconian rules are, are uh, about having to, the coaches have to arrive at a certain time. They cannot be late arriving. They have to go to a certain point. They have to leave no later than 30 minutes after the final whistle. They cannot stop off at a pub on the way unless it's having a meal with your drink. Just absolutely mental things like that. Scot Scottish government or the police haven't even been con consulted about this as well. It's United Scottish football pretty quickly, um, which is absolutely bizarre. The SFA and the SBFL condemned it along with us and other clubs, uh, as well as Scottish government. I suspect Humza's comments were purely down to the fact that it came from the UK government and he's yeah. got a bee in his bonnet about them yeah. rather than actually wanting to have a do anything about it. But, I mean, just, it's absolutely bizarre. A ridiculous rule and you've got to really feel for, I mean, Derek, we've got tens of thousands of supporters that travel from such a distance from England to the north of Scotland for all the thousands of uh, supporters that come over from Northern Ireland. I mean, that is going to be absolutely, you know, almost impossible for them, you know, when they're coming to the games because you can't plan these trips. Anything can happen. Think about all the buses that get, that come over and the ferries and things like that as well, you know, for them to be there for bang on a certain time and, and stuff like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, ultimately, it's only a consultation at this point, but given the fact that it already happens in England, which I can't believe they allowed that to happen in some of the clubs. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, 
Aye, it's, it's not looking good, that one, anyway. Totally bizarre. So, this is the epic story of a man, a stool, and his skipper and two boatmen. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. We're going to get some laughs, finally. So here's the headline. Man gets his testicles stuck in Ikea chair. A man in Norway just topped your all-time IKEA desk assembly war stories. Klaus Jorstad, 45, wrote a lengthy complaint on the IKEA Norway Facebook page detailing the harrowing tale of how he inadvertently caught his testicle in a small hole on the company's Maris chair. So it's been translated from Norwegian. Jorstad wrote, He placed the plastic chair inside the shower. While sitting and washing himself in the shower during a steamy cleanse, he noticed he accidentally got stuck. Sitting there, he noticed the accident. I bent down to see what the fuck had happened. I realised the little nutter had got stuck, Jorstad wrote. Apparently, the hot water caused his nether regions, which he (laughs) delightfully refers to as his skipper and two boatmen, to expand. The water turned cold by itself, so I started freezing. The water got cold, even more colder than my mother-in-law's smile when I married her daughter. Ikea Norway responded on Facebook Hey Claus, we recommend that you take the stool out of the shower If you choose to keep it in the shower make sure you're well dressed for your next sea excursion The the retailer also suggested taking the stool out of the shower and using it to hold a nice flower pot (laughs) Or or just have a cold shiver from now on Yes, I think so (laughs) Oh dear Poor Claus he apparently only taken it in the shower because he had a sore back or something like that. <laughs> He's going to be sore something else now. Yes. So, moral of the story. Don't take a stool into the shower. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and don't do a stool in the shower either. Exactly. So, on that cheery note, we will end the podcast. It's been a harrowing podcast, Dave, let's put it that way. I don't think there's any other Rangers podcasts out there this week that would have been cheery, Derek. I think we're, uh, we feel exactly the same as the 99.9% of Rangers fans out there. We are fed up. We are disappointed. We are as low a mood as you can get when it comes to our team. And we, I don't really see where it's going, to be perfectly honest with you. But I really hope, like what you said, Derek, that... He can turn it around and we can go on a, a winning streak. But I can't honestly see it right now. No, I, I don't think many of us can. So all that's left to say is beal it out. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll wait and see, Derek. He's going to be staying for, for, for a wee while, but I just hope it's not going to be like you said. You know, we've seen it so many times how this uh, how this is going to go and I can't really see any, any other option but the way that it has been and I'm eventually getting relieved of his position. But we'll wait and see. Yes. So, thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Let's go.